Okay, so tonight we're going to be learning Os Shin from the Sefer Reshmilin from Avavri Mitzvah Kohen Koks Now, in order to properly understand the Os Shin, first off we have to recognize that the Os Shin is a, an Os Haklali in the sense that even though many Sfarim don't talk about the Osios Bepratiyusehem, the Oshin is a letter that is very often discussed by many Mechabrim and many Tzadikim, in the sense that the Oshin takes a very specific place in the nature of Shema and Shabbos and the three prongs of Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov. But nevertheless, in order to be Mitzamtzim ourselves properly, we have to focus particularly on what Rav Kook spoke about with the Oshin. And so I had to be mitzamsim to make sure that I'm not bringing in other meforshim necessarily in their view of the ocean, but specifically Rav Kook's shita. Because for Rav Kook, the ocean is already, we're finally coming to the end of the process of the Aleph base. According to the Maharal and according to the Meyashiloach in numerous places, the ocean can be on a certain level considered the last letter of the Aleph base. Because the tough, as we're going to see next week, Bezra Sashem, is going to be not only the full culmination of the Aleph phase, but it is going to be the end that embeds itself in the beginning to show us how Aleph and tough, the S, Hashemayim, the S, Haaretz, is really part and parcel of the beginning, where the end of things reverts back to the beginning, thereby disclosing a deeper level of beginningness and adorning the level of unity that preceded the manifestation in the Aleph phase. So on a certain level, and the Maharal speaks about this at length, for Chazal, Shin and the number 300 really represented the limit, or at least the beginning of the limit of things. And so when we arrive at the Oshin, on a certain level, we're almost at the end of things. We're talking here about things finally manifesting in reality, things being digested, as we're going to see from Rav Kook, things being processed into actuality. Because from the Aleph all the way to the Lamed, we saw the internal process of HaKadosh Baruch Hu disclosing himself. From the Mem to the Resh that we saw last week, we saw HaKadosh Baruch Hu disclosing himself externally through Pratiyut and through the emergence of particularity all the way towards the Resh, which is the duplication or the doubling where already we're losing ourselves. By the Oskuf and the Reish, we're already in the space of Sheker. We're already in the space of duplicity, where things no longer are apparently unified. By the Oshin, we're coming to the full manifestation, Kav Yachol, of the process from Or in Sof, from the unlimited light, through the Tzimtzum, through the development of Kalim, through the Yerida Lutzar Chaliyah that we saw in the Gimel, through the first instantiation of Malchus in the Ostalid, through the Shchinta Begalusa of the Yosei, through the Binyan HaPartzufim and the Hamshacha Sachayim of the Vaveha HaAmudim, through the Klei Zayin of the Machatz Dechakla by the Os Zayin, through the Shvira Sakelem by the Osches, through the collectivity and the collection of all particular points into a unified whole of the Ostes, which is the Tova Ganuz Begave, through the Nukuda Hakoleles, the infinitesimal point that contains infinity within it of the Osiyud, to the preparation of action in the Oschaf, through the act of Limud, of bringing down that which is above towards the lower levels of the Oslamid, then to the Osmem, which is the Klaliutakol, which is everything unified in its wholeness, in its fullness of its watery expression, 
towards the Osnun, which is the Nune Hayam, the translational emergence of particularity from within generality. Then the Osamach and the Ayin were the limitation and the bringing into the self of that which preceded it and that which is external to it. And the Osayin and the Ospei were the preparation towards speech. Then the Tzadi, which is the Tzadik that is kolal everything, again, collecting all the disparate parts and showing that they're part and parcel of the unity. Then we came to the Kuf and the Resh, which were the emergence of Klipa, or the Klipas Noga, which was imitation and mimicry. And the Osresh was the duplicity of things, where we no longer see the unity. The Oshin is going to be when things actually become actual when we can start talking about reality, when we can start talking about human beings and their engagement, phenomenologically speaking, with separation and things which are apart from them. And then we're going to see by the Ostaf the entire purpose of everything. So for Rav Kook, by the Oshin, we're coming in contact on a certain level with the lowest expression of godliness in the world. And the Oshin, as we're going to see, is a paradoxical Os. And one of the Hakdamos, Besiata Deshmaya, was really expressed explicitly by Ravichamaya Morgenstern's Shlita in his weekly email of De'e Chachma Lenafshecha. And in the last part of that email that he sent out, there were Chidushim on Sefer Lukutim Maharan. This is on page Lamed Ches for anybody who's keeping track. And for whatever reason, Ravichamaya comes upon the discussion of the Oshin, which is fundamental to our discussion, because as we're going to see, the Oshin, on the one hand, is the full manifestation of duplicity and the triadic breakage of things where things break up into three different directions and it's no longer possible to see the light of unity that animates everything. But on the other hand, as we've been speaking about since the beginning of the Os Aleph, this duplicitous nature and this breaking apart of things and this particularization into actuality is what enables us to disclose a deeper level of unity. It's what, enable us, it's what enables us to show the klaliyut hakol, the shleimus hakol, that contains within itself not only unity, but even discrepancies and separation and particularization and the minimalization of a Kaddish Baruch Hu's light. So this descent into difference, this descent into darkness, this descent into sheker and lies and alma de shikra, is in and of itself that which allows us to disclose a deeper level of MS, a deeper level of truth, which now not only contains truth within it, but even contains untruth within it. So that even untruth is an aspect of the truth. Even that which is duplicitous and apparently separate is part and parcel of the unity. So this stira, this paradox of, on the one hand, emerging into separation and pirud and being a space of sheker and sitra achra, and on the other hand, allowing for the full disclosure of unity that we're going to see Be'ezus Hashem next week with the Ostaf when we finish the Aleph base, that is already apparent in the Oshin. And not only is it apparent in the grammatical expression of the Oshin, which has a, a racha and a rapa, a hard expression and a soft expression of the shin and the sit, the sh and the s, which represent two different aspects, the chesed and the gavura, the light and the darkness. But Rav Itchemeyer Morgenstern is going to say explicitly how both aspects of the shin represent the shin in its fullness. And he says as follows, he, he brings up a machlokes. He says that according to the Gemara, according to Torah Sanigla, according to the Moach of Bina, the left brain that operates according to distinction and separation, so the Oshin is part and parcel of the word Sheker. And just like the Kuf and Resh only stand on one leg, 
devoid of the stabilization of truth and and support, the shin also stands on one leg because the shin is part of sheker. Kuf shin spell out sheker. So according to the Bavli, and Ravichemeyer points this out, the shin is an os of sheker. But according to the Zayara Kadosh, the Zayara Kadosh sees the os shin in the word of sheker as the truth that Rashi discloses by the Maisa Hamaraglim that every lie that is told needs to contain an aspect of truthfulness in it. And so the osios of Sheker are the kuf and the resh, which we saw last week, which are duplicitous and mimicking. But the nakuda of emes, the panemius of Sheker, is in the oshin. So the Zohar sees the oshin as os of emes, as an os of Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad, as an os of Shakai, as a holy letter. So Ravitchemeyer points out this machlokas, and Kedarcha Kodesh, he says that Ashkenazim, who are Shaykh to the Moyach of Bina, according to Rav Moshe David Vali, which Ravitchemeyer discusses in a much earlier piece years ago, that according to the Ashkenazim, who are Shaykh to the Moyach of Bina, they follow the halacha like the Bavli, and when the Sofrim write, according to halacha Ashkenazis, then the Shin doesn't have two legs to stand on. It's built on a, a point that connects all three prongs. But according to the Svardim, who are shayach to the Mayach of Chachma, who are shayach to the right brain, which sees things in their collective nature, so they paskin like the Zohar, and they're going to draw the Shin, they're going to write the Shin with a base that extends itself to show that the Oshin has a base to stand on. And Ravichemeyer says that both aspects of the Shin are necessary, because on the one hand, the Shin represents Pirud, on the one hand, the Shin represents duplicity and the descent into untruth and disparity. And therefore, the halacha is like the Bavli, which says that the Oshin only has one leg to stand on, like the Osios of Kuf and Reish, which are Shayach to Sitra Achra. But on the other hand, like the Zohar points out, and like the Svardim Paskin, Oshin also has a base to stand on. Because in its essence, the descent into Pratyut and separation is in and of itself the disclosure of a deeper level of unity that we're going to see by the Ostaf. Now, aside from the paradoxical nature of the Oshin, which on the one hand, and we're going to see this explicitly in Rav Kook, contains duplicitous nature and the descent into Pratyut and darkness and Sheker and suffering and difficulties. On the same hand, it's going to contain the accentuation and the affirmation of unity within the world of duplicity to the point that everything that appears to be separate from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, everything that appears to be separate from the Or of Emes, is part and parcel of what makes MS so great. Because MS, when it shows itself to contain within itself that which opposes itself, shows its vastness and its ability, the ability of unity and achdus to contain within itself all of the shinuyim and the and the churbot, all changes and destruction that we see in the world are part and parcel of the expression of unity like we've been talking about since the beginning of the Yos Aleph. Now the second introduction that we have to discuss in order to understand the Oshin is what the Balatanya's Chusya Galenu points out in Paraklamid Vav in Sefer Atanya, in Likute Amarim. And this is a fundamental aspect in the teachings of the Alter Rebbe, and it's expressed fundamentally in the Mitla Rebbe as well and in the Tzemach Tzedek, and in the Maharash, and in the Rebbe Rashab, and in the Rebbe Rayats, and in the Rebbe more than any of them, maybe even more than the Rebbe Rashab, that the purpose of creation was for Yichud, 
an achdus of HaKadosh Baruch Hu to manifest itself specifically in the Tachtonim. That Ratzah HaKadosh Baruch Hu lihiyos lo betachtonim. That Chazal tell us that God, so to speak, desired or conjured within his unfathomable will, Kavyachal, to express his unity and his presence within the nether regions, within the hither side of creation, within the suffering, within the darkness and the concealment that we experience on a daily level and on a historical level. Why? We don't understand. Because kachratza, we don't ask why when a person says they want something. We simply accept the fact that they want it. So too, the Alter Rebbe says that the Ratzon of HaKadosh Baruch Hu Kavyachol, which is associated with the Nekud of Keser and the parts of Avatik Yomin, it's unfathomable. We don't have access to the reasons, but we accept axiomatically the fact that HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted to manifest himself specifically within darkness that is chaful u'machufal, that is doubled over itself. That is a hastir astir, like Rabbi Nachman says, a double concealment that even when we penetrate the fact that things are hidden, we're still stuck within a concealment. Ad that a person could mamish lose hope. But comes along our tzaddikim, the Balatanya and Rabbi Nachman and the tzaddikah Yesod Olam, and they tell us that specifically within this doubled concealment, specifically within the hester astir, or the choyshech, like the Rebbe used to say so often in the name of the Alter Rebbe in Paraklam and Vav, the purpose of creation is to disclose unity within the realms of separation. And the Oshin, which on the one hand is an Os of Sheker, and on the other hand is an Os of unity, we're going to see that the Oshin expresses this full manifestation of unity within the realms of duplicity, so that when we come to the tough, we can recognize the entire purpose of the Aleph base, which is simply to show that Aleph to tough is the same as tough to Aleph that the expression of HaKadosh Baruch Hu from above to below is the same as the expression of HaKadosh Baruch Hu from below to above. And that the same way Hashem discloses His unity from within Gan Eden, HaKadosh Baruch Hu discloses His unity from within Gehenim as well. And that light and darkness are simply relative terms that as human beings, as makablim, as things that are other than God, were forced to operate within the binary realm of separateness and unity of darkness and light. But in the core of all experience, at the core of every os, there is nothing but the unity of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Like we said in the introductory shir, that tough is nothing but the 400th iteration of Aleph. And if a person utilizes their mind properly, through Hashkata Samachshavos, through the silencing of the mind, through the Emunah HaPnimis and the Shivoy HaGamor, where all things are equal, between good and bad, then we disclose that everything in experience, everything in reality and existence is part and parcel of the same expression of unity. That the Aleph through the Tuf, which represent all forms of distinction and separation, are nothing but the disclosure of Es HaShamayim V'Es HaAretz, of the unity between Shamayim and Aretz. And with those introductions, we're going to now begin to look at the words of Rav Kook as he discusses the ocean. Rav Kook says as follows. He says, Hashin hu es That the ocean, what it brings to mind, what it conjures in our minds, and in its visual expression of the ocean, it brings to mind the tooth. So shin represents 
the idea of the tooth, both in its image, which looks like a tooth, as well as its, its verbal expression, shin and shin, share a grammatical source. So Rav Kook says that the tooth is the tool, is the organ that prepares human beings to engage with life and life's activity as well as its experience. How is the tooth the tool that allows human beings to experience? And he says it's because that the tooth is the first thing that allows us to bring sustenance into ourselves. The tooth is the first thing that allows a human being to survive without digesting food, without chewing food down to breakable and particularized points. We would be incapable of digesting food in order to give ourselves sustenance. The teeth and the tooth is the first experience where we break things down, where we take this massive expression of unity that was expressed from the Os Aleph to the Osresh, and we finally begin to chop it up into digestible parts so that it can be processed and experienced in actuality. Dok b'kachi v'tishkach benagri. Rav Kook here is utilizing a statement from Chazal on Daf Kufnum Beis Amun Aleph in Mesech Shabbos, where they're discussing the value of digestion and the value of eating. And Chazal have a lashon of Dok Bekalchi B'Tishkach Benagri that a person begins with their mouth and they find it eventually in their legs, in the sense that even though it seems to be a secondary act of experience, which is simply chewing up food and breaking it up into digestible parts all the strength that we find within our bodies and all the strength that we have to engage in spirituality and physicality are all rooted in the original digestive beginning of the chewing by the shein, by the tooth. Ha'ikol harishon, the first process of digestion. The strength and the organ that is prepared to allow the strength of life and allow it to emerge and express itself within creation internally. Because by the Oshin, we're no longer dealing with the abstract expressions of HaKadosh Baruch Hu from the Os Aleph to the Os Reish, which still represent the concept of or, or light, which is still abstract in terms of actuality and materialization. The Oshin, which is the teeth that break things up into digestible parts, that is the first instantiation where we begin to digest things, where the individualized and particularized individual is now capable of digesting things and processing them to become a particularized identity that understands things. Shemimenu hakolchos ha-pratiyim mista'afim. Rav Kook says that it's only through the chewing and breaking apart of things into bite-sized pieces are we capable of bringing into ourselves the particularized strengths that branch out into myriad aspects of Kedusha and expression. They move forward and they continue themselves beyond their original source, which means to say that the emergence of particularity within existence is in such a way that it continues its expression to the point that we can no longer identify the unified source in it to the point that suffering emerges in the world, that darkness emerges in the world, that hatred emerges in the world, and we're no longer capable of pointing with our fingers and saying, there lies the light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu as well. When we chew things, we break them down into bite-sized parts, and therein emerges multiplicity. 
And in the space of multiplicity, we're no longer capable of identifying unity. But nevertheless, Rav Cook says, unity abides within each aspect of multiplicity. Holchim v'nimshachim, they move and they continue. And here Rav Cook is beginning, like we saw in the words of Rav Morgan Morgenstern Shlita, that the Oshin not only allows us to bring things into ourselves in a holy way, but it also contains within itself a paradoxical action of differentiation and multiplicity, wherein the light of unity can no longer be apparent. The Shin also represents the tooth that destroys and, and, and breaks things down. Just like every person who starts off in yeshiva learning the sugyus of Avakama and Baba Basra, we know that shein is a mazik, that the tooth of an animal could be considered something that is destructive, a destructive force, which breaks things down and, and pulverizes things into points which are no longer identifiable. Gamhi ha the shin also represents the tooth that is destructive and that devours. Achla umedake, it eats and it breaks up into particularized points. Hamechabelis vehoreses, that destroys as well as undoes. Mizuyanehi bechol hatsuros ha'avyatam hatvaliut. So here Rav Kook is emerging into the particular image of the Oshin. That the Oshin in its three prongs contains within itself three images, three idealized osios, which Rav Kook has taught us in the Seder of the Aleph Beis and Sefer Reish Milin, each idealized os is going to be contained in the three prongs of the Oshin. Beginning from the right, we're going to have the os yud on the top of the shin. The middle point of the shin is going to be the vav. And the left side of the shin is going to be the os zayin. And when you look at the Beis Yosef and the halachic discourse about how you write the Oshin, you're going to see that each part of the Shin is going to have a Yud at the right side, a Vav in the middle, and a Zion on the left side. So in order to understand the image of the Shin, we have to remember and recall what the Yud meant, what the Vav meant, and what the Zion meant. Because Rav Kook is going to show us that the Oshin contains within itself all three of these aspects the aspect of the Osiyud, the aspect of the Osvav, and the aspect of the Osayin. So Rav Kook says, that the Oshin is armed with all of the forms of creation in their generalized form. The Yud, which is the ideal of quantity, which is numerousness and multiplicity prior to its divergence into separateness, tochen hariboy, the nature of multiplicity and the nature of numbers, which is the emergence of multiplicity and growth in its quantitative form, yet still connected to its qualitative form. And we don't have enough time to explain this, but, but if anybody wants to understand what Rav Kook is saying here by the Osiud, then I recommend going back to the Osiud, the Shiran Osiud, which discusses the Osiud, the Pratius, that it is quantity, which is representative of separateness, but at the same hand, it is quantity prior to its manifestation in separateness, so therefore it, con- it contains a connection to quality. Quality for Rav Kook represents Yichud, quantity represents separateness. So the osiyud is quantity, the preparation towards the numerization and the multiplicity of things, 
while it still exists within the realm of unity. So it is the preparation towards the emergence of multiplicity and separateness as it exists within the realm of unity. Now Rav Kook is going to go to the Osvav. Havav Moshechu Es Meshechachayim. The Vav, the middle part of the Shin, draws down the light of life. El Kol HaShedros, to all arenas, to all aspects of life. Lefi Chiluf Mehusi according to the distinction and the changes of their essences. The Godel Ubakotan, in greatness and in smallness. In their actual physical manifestation as well as their imaginal expression. In the leapage, in leaping from one thing to another, not according to the process of past, present, and future, as well as that goes according to the process of time, past, present, and future, slowly moving from one stage to another. This binary opposition of Deliga Ub Etiyut can only be really understood if a person looks at the teachings of Rav Kook in Oros HaTshuva and Perak Beis, where he shows explicitly there are two stages of Tshuva. One is the Deliga, something that happens not according to the process of time, an expression, an emergence of something that was impossible prior to it, as well as Etiyut of step-by-step processes. That the Vav represents the Partsufim, the connection of things. Now the Oshin is armed with the Osiyod, which we saw was quantity as it is still contained within the spiritual realm of quality, of disparity and multiplicity as it exists within unity, as well as the Osvav, which is the connectivity, the drawing down of unity into disparity. In all of its different manifestations, in all of these binary oppositions, the Fichiluf Mehusiyoseyam, according to the changes of their essence, the Godel Ubakotan, in greatness and strength, the Haglamu Ubitsiyor, in manifestation and imagination, the Digla Ubitsiyut, as well as in leaps, as well as slow walking. So here Rav Kook shows how the Osvav contains within itself all different types of opposites, which connects deeply to what Ravichamaya Morgenstern Shlita said about the Oshin, which is that it contains, on the one hand, the emergence of separation. And on the other hand, it contains within itself the expression of a deeper level of unity that hitherto would have been inaccessible. Rav Kook continues and he says, Umismol, and the third prong of the Shin, the left prong of the Shin represents the Zion. The Zion, as we remember from the Os Zion, is the clay Zion, is the weapon of the Machatz Dechaka, of the threshers of the field, the Balei Kabbalah, who have to cut through all the thicket, who have to cut through all the Sveikos, in order to disclose the kernel of essence that rests within all the multiplicitous Klipos and things that separate it. Umislol HaZayin, from the left side the Zion, Shomer Eshamishmeres, it guards its guarding, it guards against and fights against and destroys all negative powers of destruction that seek to destroy unity. That stand against it. That when the Zion draws itself from the Kedusha of the ocean, from the realization that the ocean is coming to disclose a deeper level of unity, that at the core and the final manifestation of difference and separateness and darkness and suffering, therein lies the full manifestation, the tachlis of Bria, like the Balatanya told us in Paraklam and Vav. 
that when the Zion and the weapons draw themselves from the unified source, so their purpose is to separate all distinction from unity, and they fight against all separation. But, Rav Kook says, the Ozayin, as we saw in the Ozayin, also contains a negative koach, which can destroy if it's not connected to the unified source. Which, because if the shin is not connected to the realization that we're disclosing a deeper level of unity, then the Oshin is simply a descent into particularization where things approach themselves in three different ways. And as we saw in the Os Gimel, that three the triadic separation of things is the first instantiation of multiplicity where it's no longer apparent that the realm of unity rests within it. So the Oshin, devoid of its unified source, runs the risk, Chas of becoming a source of separateness and distinction. And Rav Kook says that, it breaks and it destroys, as Kolatovahayosher, it destroys and breaks apart all goodness and richness, as kol hayosher v'ha'iloi, all straightness and elevation, k'shehu shokea b'tehomos ha'sheker v'ha'demyonos ha'metaim. That when the oshin is no longer connected to the aleph, no longer connected to the notion that it is simply disclosing a deeper level of unity, and the oshin chas v'shalom begins to think that it can stand on its own, then it becomes an os of sheker and dimyon, which shows multiplicity and separation. The yud, which represents the preparation of multiplicity as it is girded with the strength of unity prior to its emergence into separateness. The osvav, which is the connection from the top to the bottom. And the os zayin, which is the left side of the oshin, which stands ready to fight against all negativity. At the bottom of the oshin, Rav Kook says they all are unified. All kolchos that we've seen from the Os Aleph all the, all the way to the Os Reish become unified towards a singular purpose by the Oshin because we're standing at the ready to emerge into the Os Tuf, which is going to be when the end reverts back to the beginning, disclosing a greater strength of the beginning. Rav Kook here is expressing explicitly that which we've been trying to say until this point implicitly. The entire purpose of the Aleph Beis, the entire purpose of the emergence of HaKadosh Baruch from unity into multiplicity and distinction, the entire purpose of the descent away from peaceful expressions of life towards disunity and suffering is all for the sake of what? Is all for the sake of the fundamental purpose of expressing things at their limit, the lowest point of existence where existence can still maintain a semblance or a residual light of unity, the lowest level of limitation. That like the Balatanya teaches us, HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted to show that his unity can go down even into the darkest places, towards the limit, towards the place where if we went any further, it would be unapparent we would no longer be able to see the light of unity. But by the Oshin and the entire purpose of the Aleph Beis, says Rav Kook, the entire purpose is to show how the unity of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, how the goodness of the world 
how the hope that we all maintain within the depths of our neshamos can survive and they exist and they subsist and they persist within even the darkest darkness, within the within the double darkness that doubles over itself, within the hester ester, within the concealment that is concealed within itself, in all places of existence, in all of the nether regions, in the oshin of life, in the shikra of this world. That is our job to disclose the unity because tachlis hayadiyah, the apex of knowledge is to disclose that Ratzah HaKadosh Baruch Hu lihi oslo b'dir b'tachtonim, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted specifically to manifest his light of unity within disparity, within separateness. Rav Kook says it explicitly, he says, all of these kochos, the Yud, the Vav, and the Zion that comprise the Osios, the Os of Shin, or Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, the three different directions of right, left, and center, of compassion, of mercy, and of gvura and strength and negativity, all of those different expressions simply serve to manifest a deeper expression of unity. That by the Oshin we come to see that the Mataraha Yisodis, the fundamental purpose, shall habinyan hayoter tachti, of the lowest expression of existence, hahagvala hayoter zeira, the smallest and most condensed and negative expression of limitation in the world. Shebeshvil haashlama haklali sarehu mukhrechas lasetza lapoel betsuras ahashanot. That in order for unity to be disclosed in its full form, it needs to express itself in all of its differentiation. That if HaKadosh Baruch Hu didn't express himself within the lowest aspect of creation, then unity would be lacking. If the Koyach Gvul, if the unlimited power of HaKadosh Baruch Hu cannot emerge within limitation in its strongest expression, then limitation would be lacking the power of, then the unlimited, I'm sorry, would be lacking the power of manifesting within the limitation. Or if Cook here is saying what we've been speaking about all along, that in order for the fullness of the general fullness, the purpose of perfection of creation to emerge, it needs to emerge into actuality in all of its differential forms. Habinyan v'hahirus, building and destruction, light and darkness, nechama and avelus, fear and yishapadas, Anxiety and simcha, masculine and feminine, negative and positive, all the binary oppositions that we can imagine, all duplicity that emerges into the world which blocks the light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, shneihem b'chol pratiyoseihem mishkalulimoso, both of them together in their unity improve the expression of HaKadosh Baruch Hu in the world. V'imkein bonehu espinyana v'chol gvaneha. And therefore the Oshin needs to build its building in all of its colors, all differences, all separation, all suffering is simply there to expand and adorn and accentuate the unity of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So edes bega'ona betoch upona huli aminu l'smol. The vav, the middle line of the shin, is the expression of the unicity of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And it turns towards the right and the left, says Rav Kook, to the point that we have three prongs, that the unity is expressed by the right, the middle, and the left. It would have been understandable for HaKadosh Baruch Hu to show his unity simply in the middle. 
but it's a bigger chiddush, the novelty of tainug tamidi, eno ta'anug, our ability to show how even within unity there can be the expression of finding unity and the joy that comes about by finding unity within unity itself, that is only expressed by the full manifestation of the middle, the right, and the left, of Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov, of all the differences and the time changes and the temporal changes that we experience in our lives. The Chol Pa'al Hashem Lemanehu. And Rav Kuk ends the Oshin with the Pasuk that promises us, which reminds us, which reaffirms for us that every aspect of existence, everything that comes into actuality, everything that emerges in spite of the fact that it appears so separate and apart from the light of unity which we so deeply desire, that through Amuna, the Chol Pa'el Hashem Lemanehu, that everything in existence created for the sake of being Megadel, the covet of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, of Yiskadal V'Yiskadash Rabba, of sanctifying and allowing His name specifically to emerge, how? Out of darkness and death and destruction and darkness. And we're going to see Be'ezra Sashem by the Ostaf. When we come to the end of the Aleph Beis, as Rav Kook expresses it in the Sefer of Reish Milin, Beruach Kadsho, with the divine inspiration that penetrates the entirety of the Sefer, we're going to see how the end is embedded in the beginning and the beginning is embedded in the end, and that the entire purpose of creation is simply to disclose a deeper level of unity which would have hitherto been inaccessible to us. And the beauty of it all is that we're part and parcel of the entire process.